Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Can you, do I sound congested? <laughs> I know you sound a little drunk, <laughs> which is impossible. Well, that's just the DayQuil and the NyQuil that I took at once. Sure. Just the fun, like, counteracting Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw Leslie Nope do it once, and so I thought that it worked. I forgot to sure. keep watching when she saw that everyone turned into crabs. <laughs> So maybe by the end of this. I'll be fucking tripping balls. <laughs> <laughs> I will turn into a little crab. I'll become my manifestation. No. It'll be great. If I turn into a crab, this podcast is over. <laughs> what am I, what can I do? That's it, folks. It's a- <laughs> How can I help the world? At least having a mental <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> what would I do? I would just come out of the bedroom recording. Chris would be like, um, excuse me, <laughs> what happened? You became so salty that you turned into a crab? Like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so fucking, like, Enneagram 7 of you to be like, there's so much stuff I had to do first. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I'm a crab. I can't go on. How do I drive to work? I'm a crab. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> just me tomorrow trying to put on my microphone as a teacher. It's like, hello, hi, I'm your same teacher. I'm just a crab now. I just got little <laughs> crab legs. <laughs> this is stressing me out. <laughs> I don't want to be a crab. <laughs> my stomach hurts. <laughs> this is like, honest to God, if... I, this feels like the Sovia vine. Like, the car is closing in on me oh right God. now. <laughs> like, I cannot escape. <laughs> this is your face. No, I don't want to be a crab, Cody. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> I like eating crab. I don't want to oh be God. a crab. And that gives me more of an existential crisis. That's true. Would you, like, have a more, like, a moral quandary over? <laughs> Can crabs eat crab? How did we derail so quickly that was like a record i just want crab a little bit right now oh my god (laughs) just a little bit just like you know just a little bit you know and mainly that's just because i want sure yeah you know that's true crab is mostly butter if you think about it it's just a little bit of the sea and it's also mostly butter i don't want to be a crab it'd be like that it'd not be like that i think it's gonna be okay (laughs) welcome to into the twilight i'm not a crab Cody's a crab. In the twilight, I am a crab. <laughs> Cody's a crab. I'm not a crab. Yeah. Welcome to the fold, brother. <laughs> I'm not a crab. You're a crab. Not with that attitude. Hey, then fine. <laughs> so be it. So be it. Alright. We'll see. It's just a little crab wearing our merch. <laughs> nice transition, baby. <laughs> a little we got merch. A little crab and... that says get bit on it. Oh my god. We completely change our brand. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, though. if you missed it on last week's episode, uh, we got t-shirts and hoodies. And, not hoodies, but sweatshirts, crewnecks. Yeah. Baseball tees. They're so good. And they're so cute. They're so cute. I cannot wait to see people get them and take photos of themselves in them. If y'all don't send us photos, I'm just quitting this whole this thing. This podcast what are is done. Doing here? It's over. It's over. Yeah. If I don't see... Cute photos of you in these ridiculously cute baseball tees. Then what's the point? BT dubs. I just, I'm so excited. Which one did you get? Did you get the baseball tee? I did get the baseball tee. I got Chris a baseball tee too, so that when we go to PodCon, I can be like, hey, merch. We have it. That's so cute. I know. I asked him if he wanted one, and I was like, you don't have to. And he was like, I would like one. I was like, that was the right answer. Wow, love um, is real. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, what did you get? 
I got the charcoal t-shirt. Mm. The tea. Because she's cute. Yeah. And I like a nice tea. Hell yeah. And she's subtle. I almost got the crew neck. I might cave in later and get a crew neck because those seemed very comfortable as well. They're so soft. Yeah. I just was stressed on the color, so I just went with something I knew. That's fair. Yes. They're they're so comfortable. It closes on the 21st. Which yeah, means so do not sleep. Do not sleep. Don't. And they'll be arriving right at the beginning of January. Yeah. So you'll start the new year right with some fancy Get Bit merch. Yeah, which baby. Which is awesome. Bonfire.com slash get dash bit. Hell yeah. Woo! Um, it is, like, everywhere on our social media, too. Yeah, like, You can't mess come it. on. And... It's everywhere on there, not only to celebrate two years, and also 100 episodes for next week. Yes. Gross. Yikes. Um, <laughs> but also, we're trying to fund transcripts for all these podcasts. So, Woo! get on it. About every two pieces of apparel is one podcast transcript. Which so, is great. Yes. That's so huge. So, do the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cody, how the hell are you? I'm great. Oh. And the main reason for this is it's because Andy Samberg and Sandra are hosting the Golden Globes. <sighs> what? It's like they just like went into my brain, what went into my like fucking Sherlock era mind palace <laughs> and and took out like my secret fantasy fan fiction that I've been writing forever. Yes. And just made it real life. What was it like to be kidnapped by the Golden Globes team? And have tea with them. And basically have all your dreams come true. I think I got probed by the Golden Globes. I think you did. And, like, I'm cool with it. (laughs) This is great. Yeah. Because it was a dark moment. It was a dark 24 hours because we realized that Kevin Hart was hosting the Oscars this year. Right. Or next year. Whatever. Time is fake. (laughs) (laughs) So we were all, like, collectively mourning on Twitter. Yes. Um, and then, like, the God-given light that the Golden Globes often is, she was like, here, have this gift. Right. It's the two best people in media right now, and they're going to be hosting this award show together. Yes. Here you go. Here's this gift. Just take it. Here's Ugh. the thing about yeah. Kevin Hart. I yeah. feel like I haven't stopped seeing him this year. <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker will not leave us alone. And... I don't understand why that's happening, because he's been around for always. So yes. why this year? Like, why is my real question. And him inundating himself into the public has made it so that I I care even less than I did before. I'm incredibly excited for Andy and Sandra to be hosting, because, wow. I mean, whew. <laughs> um <sighs> Just, it's like, so imagine great. what Sandra's hair is going to look no, like. No, you shut up. Stop. She's going to be in such, like, a nice dress or, like, a pantsuit or something. And oh, her hair pantsuit. is going to be so good. And I can't handle it. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Is Andy going to be wearing glasses is the real question. Oh, a very important question. Two things. Yeah. One, this weekend, I saw... Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. All I can say, wow. John Mulaney, great. The whole cast in general, wow. The, it is like my favorite, it's one of my like top three movies of this year, for sure. Aw. Warning for people that do see it though, it's like a huge epilepsy warning for like the whole film. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, the animation style is like amazing, but they rely on a ton of like bright, flashing graphics throughout most of it. So sure. just keep that in mind if you do end up going to see it. Um, but it's it's so good, Cody. They blend yeah. in so many different like design styles, and for most of the time when I go to see superhero movies of any sort, I leave feeling really. I don't know. I I feel leaving kind of defeated because I don't know a lot of like the comic book lore. Sure, sure. And so it's I'm made to feel like an outsider. Um, Mm -hmm. And this one, like no matter if you read the comics your whole life or if this was the first Spider-Man movie you've ever seen, they like welcomed you in and were like, it doesn't matter. Like we're telling a whole new story. So 
it doesn't matter where you come from. And it was really comforting, like, it, because he, yeah, that it wasn't, it's not normal for that to happen. So that was super cool. Um, the other thing is, last week, um, and this is my middle school corner, is that some of my students popped into my room during my prep and asked me if I could remake a vine for our middle school news. Wow. And, uh, Cody, my whole life, (laughs) my whole life has led up to this exact moment. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. And so, based on what you know about me, (laughs) what vine did I make? Oh, God. Based on, Uh, I had like... Zero prep time, right? And <laughs> oh. zero materials. So, yeah. What is one of the easiest ones that is student appropriate to remake? Road work ahead. Yeah, that was. Yep. I'm so for yeah. That was it. <laughs> nice. Yep. Yep. I just drew a sign on there and yeah. remade it. It was amazing. Um, one of the three students that came by had not seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, R.I.P., you know. Um, yeah, I, just, I mean, you gotta educate the children, that's yeah. why you're there. Exactly. But I've never felt more drawn to my calling as an educator <laughs> um, than in that moment in time. Yeah. Um, but I just, I do want you to picture that these, these um, group of students <laughs> <laughs> was going around to a median age of educators that is about... Like, the median is about 40, um, mm. asking if they could remake vines and having to go through that whole process of what a vine is. Sure. So. And is you there... came in as their savior. Yes, they were like, oh, yes. Like, I am with you, kids. I, I know. I understand. <laughs> I am also 12. <laughs> yeah. Hello, fellow youth. Um, <laughs> Let me twist my baseball cap backwards and sit on my chair. Oh, hello, teens. I didn't see you there. I was just <laughs> riding in on my skateboard. Sorry, I was just also being a cool teen. Uh, <laughs> I was just polishing up my hoverboard. Weird. Ever so heard of TikTok? <laughs> I have it and know what it is. Can I direct your eyes to some current events, please? I would love that. You speak too soon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would like to bring your attention to the website called The Cut. Um, Yep. (laughs) Specifically, this article written by Gabriella Paella that reads, Nine terrible sentences men wrote about sex this year. Which, wow. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Buckle up, everyone. And so I, backstory, this this article was found for me by my lovely boyfriend who said, hey, this might be of interest for you for your podcast, Who, which he said to me over lunch this past weekend while we were at Robin. And I was like, oh, okay, can you read a bit of it for me so I can figure out if it, if it works or not? And he was like, out loud? And I was like, yeah, 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 sure, I'm eating. <laughs> And he kind of looked at me, and then he kept, you know, he read it out loud, and I knew nothing about it. And so all of a sudden, he starts reading this quote out to me. Now, mind you, I know nothing about the title or anything. He just reads, and I quote, Blinding, breathless, shaking, overwhelming, exploding, white, God, I come inside her, my cock throbbing, we're both (laughs) moaning, eyes, heart, souls, bodies, one, and I say, Christopher, please, God, stop. We're in a red robin. (laughs) Nobody is allowed to get horny in a red robin, that is the law. There is no place where there, anywhere that there is bottomless steak fries, you should not be allowed to get horny. You cannot get horny when there's a mascot of a giant fucking bird. (laughs) You cannot. You can't do it. It's against God. It's against everything. Also, there is no, there's no punctuation in the sentence. Nope. There is none. And so, like, all these words vomited out. Maybe, like, one comma would be good. Just one. (laughs) Like, at least. (laughs) Just think about it. So, I had, I had a bite of my bottomless steak fry. 
in my mouth. I drop it um, while staring up at him. And I just look at him, hoping that nobody else is staring. And I say, excuse me? He's like, well, I thought you wanted me to read this loud. And I said, read what? What is this? He's like, oh, it's just, you know, what? It's sex stuff. And I was like, just send it to me, please, God. So. Don't you know where we are, Chris? So, yes, these are some of the worst quotes about sex that men have wrote. Can you please, these are listed from, from one to seven, or one to nine here. Can you tell me some that stick out to you, please? Because I think so, you had some let, opinions. Let's talk about Haruki Murakami for a moment. Please. All right. I have not actually read any of his stuff. Oh. Which I know. I can. the I've had the giant, like, IQ84 on my desk for probably 17 years now, just staring at me. Mm. And I will probably never read it, because it's like a thousand pages in five-point font. So, you know, maybe we're not gonna, it's not gonna happen. Sure. But, he's been known to not know how to write women. Right. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this was apparent, because I saw Burning today. Mm. Which I thought was going to be, like, my favorite movie of the year. Turns out that was incorrect. Turns out no. Because of that. Turns out no. And turns out he is on this list twice <laughs> for his book, Killing <laughs> Commendatore. <laughs> yes. Killing Commendatore. I'd just like to point out number two real quick. Please. That says, again and again, semen poured out from me, overflowing her vagina, turning the sheet sticky. Mm-hmm. So, Haruki Murakami's never had sex before. Nope. <laughs> Haruki Murakami's a virgin. <laughs> he yep. doesn't know how bodies work. Nope. So that's cool. No, I think what that <laughs> sounds like to me is when you tip over food in bed. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is just me on a Tuesday night when I told myself I wasn't going to be eating in bed anymore and I didn't listen to myself. <laughs> yep. And then I have to wash my sheets again, so. Yeah, that's me about 20 minutes ago when I tried to pet my cat and drink ginger ale at the same time. And, oops, <laughs> my heated blanket got some ginger ale on it. <laughs> and that was just ginger ale pouring from my bottle, not for me. Um, I love the idea that, like, cum is coming out like a fucking, like, hose. Like, it's just, like, like, it's just fucking, it's gotta, like, push out, overflowing your vagina to it just, like, comes out. I hate it. I hate, what? What? I just. How powerful do you think your fucking flow is, my dude? None of these, none of these men have had sex before. No. Let's just. (laughs) Let's just lay that down really quick. Let's be fucking clear. Anyone that says, quote, soon I was locked in, balls deep, ready to be ground down by the enameled pepper mill within her. What? What is? What? What? No. No. That's nothing. That's nothing that you just said. I hate it. One of these motherfuckers had the gall to reference a gobstopper. Which like, mm. how dare you? That's how dare a sin. You bring a token of like childhood wonder and joy into your gross sex thing. Mm-hmm. How dare you, Luke? <laughs> One that really just mm, um, is the one that says they they bring in snakes. Which yikes is. And I guess it's from the same book, Scoundrels, which I just quoted before, um, which says, quote, her vaginal ratchet moved in concerta-like waves, slowly chugging my organ as a boa constrictor swallows its prey. (sighs) I need a stiff apple juice. (laughs) (laughs) On the rocks. On the rocks, Paul! (laughs) I need <laughs> Ted <laughs> Ted Danson <laughs> Boys We gotta scream at corner <laughs> When will the 
they sponsor us. Who knows? Who knows? Um, when it's too late. Oh. I do, before I get into this headline, um, there is a trending article. Please. That is 20 Pixar characters reimagined as villains. Do you have this? I do. Bar? Isn't it the most horrific image you've ever seen in your it's life? made of nightmares. It's horrible. It's like Dory and uh, Marlin, yeah. maybe? The, whatever. As like horrible piranha fish people with bad teeth and horrible soulless eyes, and I hate looking at it. We also have um, Red Dead Redemption 2, 19 horses ranked, worst to best. Ooh, that's a good list. <laughs> yeah, so that's very good. Anyway, this Twilight piece of screen in the corner yes. is 20 wild fan theories that completely change the movies. Bow, bow, bow. There's some buck wild shit on here. Yeah. Anything that catches your eye right away? The, okay, one is just, like, an offense to God himself. <laughs> uh, is that 17? It is 17! <laughs> <laughs> That's Sirius, and, Sirius Black from the Harry Potter series and Jacob Black are brothers. <laughs> what? It's a crime. I hate it. <laughs> it's so bad. I, no. Let's talk about I 14. Love, yes. Thank you. I love it. I love it so much. What would that be like? Well, number 14 is Bella's a succubus. Mm. Which, hello? I mean, it explains a lot. I'm into it. She Me just too. lures in all these vampire bros, and ideally would kill them, but, you know, sometimes maybe she falls in love, and that's fine. And that's fine, you know? That's okay, whatever. Chase your bliss. <laughs> can we, t- please, <laughs> can we please talk about 10? <laughs> I don't want to. It's <laughs> it's fucking to. me up. <laughs> oh my god! This it's a crime. Ten is alleging this theory is alleging that panic what? <laughs> <laughs> panic. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to talk about Panic Room on this podcast. Oh, but I wish though. So is much. a prequel to Twilight. It says. First of all, Stuart's panic room character, Sarah, has diabetes. At one point, she has a seizure, and her treatment is delayed. This could be why her blood smells different. Um, Bella is is notably quiet and painfully shy, which could have resulted from the stress of being stuck in a panic room and having her life threatened. Plus, Foster's character, Meg Altman, moves to New York after a divorce. Maybe her ex-husband is Charlie Swan. This would be a wild origin story, is all I have to say. Yeah. All I'm saying is Jodie Foster entering this saga would not be okay. the wildest thing. That would be very good. Yes. But it's not fair to her is all I'm saying. <laughs> One of these, I feel like, is a theory that we've had on this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's number 15. Mm-hmm. Vampires just need sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like... Fair. Either I or you or both of us at one point have talked about yes. how if they just wore foundation, it would be fine. True. Like, they'd be chill. Yes. Sunscreen probably plays with the same thing. We're just like a little bit of coverage, a little bit of, you know, getting rid of that UV light. True. I think the one that fucks me up the most is not, I guess it is number one because they're just like, what is happening? <laughs> um, and it's, Bella is a reincarnation of Edward's soulmate. And, like, mm, <laughs> um, and so what they're trying to say here is that when Bedward, Bedward, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, remember when we exclusively called him Ed Weird? Oh, can we please? What a fucking good time that was. Uh, I miss that. Okay. Um anyway, when Edward <laughs> When Edward Bedweird. when Bedweird um <laughs> first meets um Bella, he freaks out, right? Cause he's like, Oh shit. She smells so dang good. And then he later realizes like that's not uncommon for them to like taste good. And that they're known as, like, singers or whatever. And that this leads to the idea of, um, 
like reincarnations of his soulmates, which means that he's encountered her soul before and had just avoided her until this reincarnation, which in this theory has led, must have led, or might have led to more vampire-human couples. Um, but since it's hard for vampires to resist singers, it's easy to see why like these kind of romances are rare in Twilight. Um, but again, that kind of falls into Stephanie Meyer's idea of soulmates, so it doesn't seem that buck wild to me. Um, so that's a lot of theories. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of theories. It's a lot of stuff happening there. Should we get to our listener emails? Yeah, yeah. Let me change the size mm. of my screen. Great, great. I can't see. <laughs> this is from Lorik. Oh god, it's too big. The screen is too big. I made a mistake. <laughs> Lorik, stop. <laughs> Lorik, please. My computer is fucking I up am right Lorik. <laughs> Season three, oh, we god. take on our I'm, Patreon. <laughs> I'm in hell. Okay. I had so much fun catching up on Into the Twilight over the past two weeks. I was wondering if either of you had read Luminosity and Radiance. No. The popular two books. <laughs> 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 I haven't either, FYI. Uh, it is a popular two book fan rewrite of the Twilight series where all that's changed is Bella has ambitious goals for the world and is dead set on seeing them through. Oh, Haters God. have called this Bella self-centered, entitled, and a robot. Okay, the first one is absolutely true. If you haven't read it already, it's an idea for an end of show fan fiction, or I'm not sure whether you're looking for things to review after Fifty Shades, but this is an idea. Um, Ocean's Eight, Bella, hell yeah, kicks kicks ass. Mm. Apparently, it subverts problematic aspects of Twilight and Bella as she's a more take charge woman. Hell yeah! And apparently, it gets Buck Wild. Hell yeah! All right, and has agency maybe. So, is she an agency though? Ooh. Is Bella a management company? <laughs> Bella is Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8 management company. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm a little turned off by the name. <laughs> Just yeah. Luminosity and Radiance sounds like a Etsy makeup brand, if I'm being honest. Right. Um, I but... look at that and I'm like, I'm bored. I'm bored looking at it. Oh, <laughs> Cody... You need to go to the website, though. Nope, you need to go to it right now. Okay, I'm there. Oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, they're too... Okay, I get it. Oh, my God. It's so old. <laughs> this is father time. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. It's a website. Let me set the scene for the listeners. It's a black background with white text, which is all you really need to know, because every website that was made from 2000 to 2007 was black background and white text. And the links are red. The links are red, and there's, like, a little clip art red feather in the fucking corner. And everything's in Twilight font, and I hate looking at it. It's so bad. Each of these books... Okay, so the first book has 29 chapters. The second book has 53 chapters. (sighs) Why? Okay, Jesus Christ. Um, Okay, the second email I'm going to read in two parts. So, Keith sent an email... And Keith has one part that's about us, and the other part is about a fanfiction, which I will read later. Okay. So, Keith writes, About three things, I was absolutely positive. First, I've listened to over 35 of your podcasts in a month. Jesus. Um, second, <laughs> so sorry. I'm so, I, I apologize. Second. No one should ever have to do that. <laughs> did someone force you by gunpoint? Um, <laughs> Blink twice if you're not okay. <laughs> Bleat like a goat if you're fine. Um, <laughs> second, there was a part of me, and I didn't know how potent that part might be, that is both aroused and terrified of you reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, Jesus. Okay. And third, yep. I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love 
with your podcast. Here's the fucked up thing. Not to you, Keith. I'm talking to Cody at this point. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I've been reading the word irrevocably for 10 years now. And every oh. time I read that word, I still stumble over it. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I always want to do, like, irrevocably, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Um. Okay. You're an English teacher. <laughs> listen, words are hard. Okay. Uh, yeah, listen. All right, I'm obsessed with your podcast because, like, um, because, like, anyone who went to high school in 2008 was also a twihard. A, quote, has all the books signed by the author, twihard. Um, oh. uh, um, I, for whatever reason, loved the books. I wasn't even the target demographic as a 6'5", white, flamboyant, middle-class queer in Florida. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yet I loved those damn books. Like, memorize the heights of the characters. Jasper is 6'3". Oh, ketchup boy. Um, <laughs> type love. And thank you for making me revisit these books and remind me that they are literal garbage and I love them. Anyways, currently listening to Eclipse and I'm very confused by how on earth I could love that book as much as I did. And don't get me started on New Moon. However, on a better note, it's made me realize that we do not deserve Kristen Stewart's portrayal of Bella. Preach. Um, she really does give the character a fragility that Bella needs to make any sense in the universe. So, thank you for your first part, Keith. Thank you, Keith. Um, I'm proud of you for surviving in Florida. Um, yeah. Also, <laughs> tell us more about meeting Safi Mark, please, and thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, Want to send us like a voice memo or like? Is she real? A whole podcast that we can put. Yes, <laughs> yes. Please record and tell us everything. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know what her smile like. Does she really smile? <laughs> like, does her does she lip always look like she's trapped? <laughs> yeah. Does she blink? Like, is she okay? <laughs> um, I don't know why. Okay, have you watched the season of Daredevil? No. I haven't seen any of Daredevil. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay. Um, anyways, I'll, I'm going to tell you this part. It doesn't matter for, like, context, but there's this part um, in, like, the fifth or sixth episode of this season where the, like, big bad or whatever yeah. is talking to this girl that he's trying to impress, and all of a sudden, he's like, anyway, and he just bleats like a goat in a coffee shop, <laughs> and I have not been able to get it out of my head. We watched it, like, two weeks ago, and it shook me to my core, because I was not expecting sure. this, like, quote-unquote, like, attractive white dude who's supposed to be, like, I don't know, whatever. He just, yeah. like, and I think it was totally improv that he just on set just, like, bleated like a goat, and I'm like, why? This is my nightmare scenario. Anyways, it's just my waking nightmare. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's talk about my other waking nightmare. We're reading chapter 9 and 10. It's bad. What, am, what else can I say? You know? It's real bad. I mean, we knew that, but also. But also. Just a reminder. Um, I, it sucks. I just wasn't expecting crime time. I don't know. Like, we've been, like, tiptoeing around this whole, like, espionage, guns, murder, what's happening. We're now in, like, the thick of it, but in all the bad ways. Exactly. And I'm assuming, like, we're gonna hit this climax because we're not even there. We're, like, a third of the way through the book. And none of it is interesting to me. I have no emotional connection to any of these characters. No. This chapter starts off with them waking up. As it do. As it ought to do. Yeah. Breakfast time. Um, Anna seems particularly smitten with having granola and yogurt. <laughs> um, something that she became used to having on her honeymoon. <laughs> she's, remember, like, 22. And she's like, oh, this fancy new thing that I learned about in France. Ooh. They, they only do this on the opposite side of the pond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Little this does she is an know. Aristocratic dinner. <laughs> like what? Little does she know that Chibani has those little like pears that you can just flip over, and they've got yeah. everything you need there. It's been here the whole time. Exactly. Granola's been here always. Little does she know, Anna. You can get this at McDonald's. It's called a parfait. <laughs> so we find out that Christian needs to go to New York overnight. He says later in the week, he means tonight. Um, 
Christian Grey does also also does not know how time works. Exactly. Anna thinks that a helicopter will take him across the country. <laughs> She's the owner of a company now. That's all I want to say. Um. Anyways, she's, like, freaking out. She's, like, the, the helicopter that just fell down in the sky. It can't possibly. Right. He's, like, no, I'm going to use a plane. Yeah, I, I have planes. <laughs> um, then they get in this weird... <coughs> oh. They get into this weird little quabble being, like, hey, did you know, Christian, that there's a gun in your desk? And he's, like... <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously I did. <laughs> Why? Um, and she's like, well, it's fully loaded. And then they get into this weird, like, Second Amendment conversation. Okay, y'all, hey, guys, listen. Hey, you know how we were like, man, I don't know anything about Anna. I wish I knew more about Anna. I don't want to anymore. Um, I don't want to anymore, because y'all... This girl is anti-gun control. Like, legit. Like, for real, though. My jaw, I was reading this on the train, and my jaw, like, went to the floor. It makes no sense with her character at all. I, she, this whole time, we, I feel duped. I feel tricked. I feel tricked by fucking E.L. James' fucking agenda or whatever. <laughs> because, like, this whole time, Anna's like, oh, I'm a feminist, and, like, I love women and standing up for myself, even though I really don't do that in action or practice, but, like, uh-huh. I love thinking about it. <laughs> and I love strong women. And then she comes out with this whole thing where it's like, oh, my dad, like, you know, all this upbringing or her upbringing and, like, military dad and all these things about guns or whatever. And she's just like, you know, you really sh- can you reserve the, your, right, your Second Amendment rights and, like, own a gun. I think that'd be, like, good for you. And it's like, sorry, sorry. And Christian is, like, very much, like, hey, I, like, co-sign, like, gun control, like, legislation and mm-hmm. support this stuff and, like, this whole thing. Meanwhile, Anna's like, eh, eh. Anna's over here being one of the girls from Austin Powers where her boobs are made out of guns. <laughs> it's so confusing. It's such a whiplash moment. I can't believe, in book three, we are learning a a core part of Anna's Mm -hmm. values. (laughs) You would think. they are completely, like, outlandish in terms of, like, actually her character that we know of. Yep. What? You would think, because this seems, the way that E.L. James is portraying this, this seems fundamental to both of their identities. Yes. That this would have come up, oh, I don't know, any point in the month that they've known each other. Right, sure. Um, Especially given all the, like, gun shenanigans that they've been in. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I was very confused and shook by all of the facts that she tried to pull out here. Um, Especially because she tried to be like, oh, yeah, well, does Taylor carry a gun? Do all of your security people carry guns? It, it was such what bullshit. The fuck are, they're hired security. Yeah. Probably. Also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that goes with the job description sometimes. And Anna, like, won't let go of it. She's like, you need to learn how to shoot. Like, you need to, oh like, take God. care of all this stuff. And it was, it just felt so contradictory to everything that she's tried to portray as. Yeah, <sighs> yeah I was super confused. Anyways, she goes to work, and they go into their usual, like, email thing where they're talking. Christian's like, I've gotten so many compliments on my hair. Thanks. So glad that you changed your name. Um, We do need to talk about the fact that when he emails her about Anna changing her name, he does a a emoticon (laughs) to show his excitement. Where he does the, like, semicolon capital D smiley face. Yeah. And I've never been so shocked in my whole life. <laughs> now that's out of character. Yeah, they both seem incredibly out of character, this chapter. Are they okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Something is happening. Um, yeah. They got fucking body snatched and they're just different for real. people. Um, they're, like, flirting over email to the point where Christian is, like, uh, signs his email off being, like, CEO and ass man. I'm, like, okay, bye. 
Christian ends up leaving for New York. He's like, I want you to stay home and hang out with Kate, because that's her plan, and she's going to go hang out with Kate. Um, Anna's like, mm, I'd rather us just go out and have drinks, like normal people mm -hmm. do. Um, and that, of course, doesn't go well. Um, but, so, anyways, Christian's like, stay home. And she's like, sure, 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 of course. Um, as soon as Kate gets there, he, she convinces Anna to just go out for drinks. Um, and so when the higher security comes, they, like, do as Anna says, while full knowing that they're going to tattle to Christian later. Whatever. Um, they... Anna says that they're going to stay for one drink. They stay for way more than that. Kate kind of fills her in on all the scoop because Elliot tells Kate things, whereas Christian does not. And so Kate, being her like journalist background, wants to know and is willing to share because it's nice for the two of them to catch up. Um, and so she gets the scoop and all these things. Finding out more stuff about Hyde as well. Yeah. And then she got a text from Christian and an email being like, where the hell are you? Um, saying that, like, Sawyer had said and told them where they were. Whatever. Um, she finally texts back and is like, I'm fine. Um, all good. Things like that. They go back to the place um, at Escala, which, by the way, I went by Escala and, like, finally saw where that was this weekend. Uh -huh. um, it's not that fancy. Um, Damn. Like, I think, obviously. Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I know E.L. James, like, exaggerated it. <laughs> well, and obviously, like, exaggerated it. Um, but sure. it's next to, I, Yeah. I didn't realize that it was next to this, like, my favorite Italian restaurant that in Seattle. Oh. Um, and when Chris and I were walking to it this weekend, I looked up and I was like, oh, that's it? Anyways. <laughs> yes. So, Christian's a pizza ship, basically. Um, they get back to Escala and the house is wrecked, which seems to be kind of like a running theme with them. Sure. And we see that Ryan has someone pinned down on the floor, um, and that it's Jack Hyde. Um, and that's how the chapter ends. So, Jack yeah, Hyde, he just know. won't let go. Jack, don't let go. But, like, for real, though, do. Chapter 10 starts off with Anna being tipsy and freaking out, which seems to be, again, very common for her. Just wants yeah. to have a good time out with the girls. Can't. Um, nobody will just let her have a good time. She's freaking out, trying to see if everything's okay. Mrs. Jones is okay. Um, she comes to find out that he, Jack, anyways, came up the service elevator in gloves. And that pinned um, Ryan's attention because it's mid-August when this is happening. And why would he have gloves on in mid-August, apparently? And so he let him come up all the way through the service elevator since um, he was the only one there and just pinned him down and knocked him out. So... You know. Yeah, sure. They needed something to secure him since he was knocked out. So, of course, Anna was like, oh, I know. I'll just go up to the red room and get some cable ties. That'll work just fine. And... They, oh yeah, eventually, um, she decides to convince them to call the police, which all of them felt really weird about doing, and they never really explained why, um, other than, I guess they wanted Christian's approval. I don't know, did you figure out why? I, d uh, no, no, okay. makes any sense, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't care either. Um, the only thing that I could figure it out was that, that they wanted Christian's approval. Um, right. So, finally, the police get there, take some statements, um, initial statements anyways, and then 
he wants Anna to come and take an official statement tomorrow, but there's a ton. One, it's super late, so he doesn't want to do it tonight, and also there was, like, a ton of reporters and, like, paparazzi downstairs, and so he didn't want it to cause more of a problem. She decides to go to bed, but not before having some food. Um, Mrs. Jones makes her PB&J and milk because she's seven. Um, <laughs> and she curls up and goes to bed. She wakes up in, like, really early morning to see Christian right beside her um, in a suit holding a whiskey. And he's being... He's only responding to her in one word, so like one syllable answers, and says that he's super he's pissed. Being a child. Yes, yeah, he's being typical Christian and not knowing how to process his emotions. There's one moment where they're talking and try, and he's trying to be vulnerable, but he's not doing it well. Where he's like, "I don't know how to deal with these feelings." Yep, <laughs> and it's so funny. Yeah, it's gross. But otherwise he's being the worst, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to drink um, after being up all night, I can imagine. Um, and he's he's trying to be angry at her, whereas it seems like he's, as usual, angry at himself and the situation. Um, and... The reason being is that he had obviously wanted her to stay home. She ignored that. And by ignoring that and being out of the house, it ended up actually making her safe. Yeah. And so one of the things that she's he says is that he's questioning his judgment. And that's not her fault. <laughs> right. Um, but it's still making him mad. Right. So anyways... She ends up going back to sleep because he's mad and that's not changing. Um, so when she finally wakes up for good, um, after like two more hours or so, um, Christian's still mad, but there isn't so much that she can do. Um, and she meets him in the shower to try and, um, I don't know, smooth things over. And he like resists her touch and that... It does not work well for her. Um, she takes it as, like, an immediate rejection. Um, it was so fucked up, right? Because, like, in this moment, Christian was being an asshole, but he was also, like, actively retracting consent. Mm -hmm. And she was just, and she saw that as a personal attack on her. And now, and she went back to being like, oh, I'm worthless, I'm undesirable, he doesn't want me he doesn't think I'm pretty whatever right which like is not not what that was nope Christian is dealing with his feelings in a poor way and at this moment does not want to be touched no and for it's many reasons. and contrary to what he usually does which is him processing his like anger and fear and sadness through sex right. which is what she has become accustomed to he's yes. being like no this time I want to process this on my own, which yeah. is... Can you believe? Can, no, I can't. <laughs> and uh, she's like, sorry. And what I think she is kind of taken aback by that because it's For unfamiliar. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's understandable in this situation for her to be taken aback. That does not mean that it's okay for her to, like be like oh he doesn't right. want like that's that is not a good reaction for her to have um that is more indicative of the problems that she is dealing with and the relationship that they have um but I think that it was a, a healthy decision on his part to be like nope I think that I want to process this on my own time right now yeah um and there isn't a lot of times where we can be like okay Christian you made a good choice here Right, you may, this probably was for the best for both of you. Yep. So, anyways, he's, there, nothing happens between them, basically. He leaves her into the shower, um, she gets dressed, um, 
putting on clothes that she knows he likes. Um, one of the things that he does say actually before he leaves is that Jack apparently wanted to kidnap her and I guess Anna hadn't really thought about that when she had seen some of the duct tape next to him um, the night before. Anyways, um, she just, you know. yeah, it's just, you know, crime tape. It's just, that's just stuff you bring with you on an August evening. That's just living in the big city, baby. <laughs> yep. That's just, that's just what happens. Yep. She tries to have breakfast, um, tries to have breakfast with Christian, doesn't work, <laughs> um, tries to go to work and... Christian was kind of pissy about her trying to go in general um, yeah. after everything has happened. But again, he never really wants her to go to work, so that's not really surprising. No, he's not really a fan of her having a job. Exactly. <laughs> Conceptually. Um, the police person comes yeah. to take her statement. Um, there's some bad emails. There's happen. some bad. Oh yeah, so there's some bad emails that happen because Anna wants to know when Christian decided to come back. If it was as soon as Sawyer told her, um, or as soon as Sawyer told Christian that she ignored his idea to stay at the uh -huh. apartment, or if it was when he got the tip that Jack was in the apartment, because yeah. that signals. That's two very different motives. Yeah. One is his him being a piss baby, and the other is <laughs> yes. concern for his I family. I must unit. protect my wife. Yes. Um, and so he won't say which one it is. And yeah. so Anna goes off in this email. <laughs> she hearkens back to, like, the drunk plane emails where yes. she's just, like, furiously typing something. And just sends it off into the wind. Yep. There's a lot of caps. A lot um, of caps. And a lot of her being like, I'm your wife. Are you going to tell me? Or are you going to keep treating me like a child? Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Um, anyways. So yeah. She meets the detective. She goes back to the house. Um, and when she gets back... To Escala, um, she sees Christian in his uh, sex jeans. <laughs> um, Can you tell I'm ready for sex? <laughs> I'm wearing the jeans. The jeans so. that say sex on them. I hope on the butt they're just like sex jeans. Yep. <laughs> um, and that's where chapter 10 leaves off is with Ugh. him just wearing denim chaps. We were making progress, Christian, and you fucking, you did it again. Yep. Are you I surprised, though? squirt bottle, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> the problem is, is he might like that, you know? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, um, I mean, you're not wrong. So, next week is chapters 11 and 12. Woo! Um, where, you know, and I'm really putting my thinking cap on. There might be some sex. <laughs> I think with these jeans. With that axe. <laughs> there might be some With sex. that ass and those jeans. With those holes in those jeans. With those holes specifically for fucking in your jeans? <laughs> yeah, there might be some sex. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, who's to say? Who's, you know? Um, I would love to shout out some of our patrons. Yeah, um, yeah. What, from our bonfire slash get dash bit merch. Yeah. Which one do you think? Shannon Clearwater would wear. Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna say a bit of an unconventional pick. Mm hmm I think Shannon's gonna be 
the white football jersey tee. Oh my god, I was looking at the black football jersey tee! Which, uh, they're super cute. Okay, I love it. They're super cute. Okay, so, then Katie- What about our gal, Katie Weber? <sighs> okay. What's she wearing? What's she looking fresh as fucking this holiday season? Katie Weber is getting the navy crew neck. Ooh. Katie is getting yeah. it a little bit big so that it's sure. super cozy. Just a nice, cozy little thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that, too. Um, so the second part of this email from Keith goes a little like this. Ooh, let me know. I wanted to send you the first fanfic I ever read because it will make you squirm in all the best ways. I was in college and wanted to revisit Twilight and also wanted something hella gay. So a friend of mine told me about this little thing called fanfic and I ended up finding this gen. A 20 chapter, 1,000 or 150,466 word fanfic that Ooh. is basically a ripoff of both Twilight and Fifty Shades with a little bit of self insert for good measure. It is titled, How to Turn a Straight Guy Gay, and has the tagline of, My name is Jasper Whitlock, and I teach straight boys the pleasure of cock. You're Love welcome. a nice rhyme, you know? <laughs> Love a good rhyme. The plot is basically Jasper being a self-insert character who tries to seduce the straight Edward and things get progressively sexier, with scenes that start with underwear rubbing and finally culminate culminate with having Edward bottom for Jasper because this is fanfic. I honestly had no idea what I was getting myself into. I loved it. It's horrible. Just like it's source, source material and I needed you to know about it. Um, and then it is linked below, which I'm going to read for you now. Oh boy. All 150,000 yep. words. So buckle up. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so again, this is How to Turn a Straight Guy Gay. Um, and it was written by Lula. Um, and published oh, in December 13th of 2010. So almost exactly five years ago. Gross. <sighs> Super gross. Okay. Also, five years? Oh, Jesus. Eight years. Where am I? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm in a different timeline. <laughs> um, okay. Chapter one. It takes a great deal of Savoyer to do what I do. It's not a sport that can be learned or a game that can be played, but an art that takes a certain finesse and understanding. My name is Jasper Whitlock, and I teach straight boys the pleasure of cock. I, as a gay man, have absolutely no interest in another gay man. That isn't to say I can't be attracted to a gay man. I have been before, but the moment I find out that they are gay or bi or even curious, they immediately lose all appeal to me. I want... <laughs> Bonafide, cunt-loving straight boys. I settle for nothing less. It makes life difficult. Oh yes, but the results are mind-numbing, toe-clenching, bone-jarring, body-aching. In the end, it's always worth it. There was a time when gay men were enough for me. That was before I met Peter. Peter changed my world around. When I met Peter, I was a freshman in college and just learning the ways of the gay, freshly open and out myself, though I'd been sure of my sexuality, and been with a man before I escaped to college. Peter was straight as they came, straight as an arrow, straight-laced, straight-up straight. He was tan and buff and hot. He oozed southern charm. He was smart. He was perfect. I wanted him like you wouldn't fucking believe. End scene. Wow. Super wow. Uh, so can I, from this point forward, identify as a bonafide, cunt-loving straight boy? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you would. Can that just be my tagline now? That's just who I am. I wish you would. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll think about it. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh my god. The problem is, oh. is that someday... There's just going to be a super cut of me reading all of these in court somewhere. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be like, your right. honor, I said, quote, it's not me. <laughs> I didn't do this. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> oh, I'm blushing. Oh. Listen, we're going to hell anyway, so, like, whatever. That's true. <laughs> Let's have fun on the way there, you know? That's true. We're all crabs in the end. Hey. Full circle, baby. <laughs> Full circle. Oh, as we say in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Get back. <laughs> Get <back>. <laughs> <laughs> This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as Into the Twilight.show. You can send us an email at Into the Twilight Show at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at Into the Twilight.bigcartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at Your Ghost Toast 44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krauss, you can find at Eli Sauerkraus and Krausfilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ali on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone